it was not pretty. But Syracuse channels their inner Houdini, I guess, to beat the single worst team in the ACC in the Louisville Cardinals at the Yum Center. 70-69, final score, Syracuse with some miraculous heroics. I don't even know what to call it, but they escape with a win, and they've won seven of their last eight. It's locked on Syracuse. It starts right now. Are Locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Welcome into Locked On Syracuse. Owen Valentine, no Bones today. Bones got the late shift at work, couldn't make it home in time. Uh, so it's going to be a solo show for me today. But nonetheless, uh, a, a really, I, I guess, horrid game, but a win nonetheless. Uh, a lot to talk about as, as Syracuse snags a win. 70-69 against Louisville at the Yum Center. Thanks for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and I mean today there I, I think everybody collectively as a Syracuse fan base was terrified from start to finish in this basketball game. Syracuse gets out to I believe an 8-2 lead which was followed up by a 17-2 Louisville run and at that point I think every negative thought that you could possibly fathom came to the brain right this is going to happen. This is so on brand for Syracuse to have a little bit of momentum, to start things going well, and then drop a gimme game to Louisville. A terrible Louisville team that was 12 or 2 and 13 now after this game, right? Everyone was was paranoid. All of the nasty thoughts came straight to the forefront. And that's something that I think stayed a lot longer than anybody could have possibly hoped it would stay for because it, it took until I think there were truly 0.00 on the clock or 00.0 on the clock for anybody to be able to exhale in terms of Syracuse fandom in this game. That is how stressful it was, how paranoid that you had to become because of how bad a Louisville team this is. And I think it raises a lot of of questions from Syracuse fans as to what does this mean in terms of basketball, right? Who is this team? Are they as bad as Louisville, for crying out loud, right? Are they a one-point better team than Louisville? Which, when we look at the Louisville schedule and the games that they've lost that are close, what does that put them in the conversation, right? Their one-point losses are to Bellarmine, Wright State, and App State. Those are terrible, terrible basketball teams. And that is the conversation, oh, that Syracuse just joined, right? Four one-point losses so far this season for Louisville. The other three are against teams outside of the Ken Palm top 200 actively. That's not a great look. I will say this, and you might come at me, you might hate that I'm saying it, you might hate that I'm thinking it. I feel hopelessly optimistic right now, and I can't tell you where it comes from, but uh, I'll detail it a little bit. Like I, I don't know why I am, but I do feel okay at this point. And, and we'll break down the game a little bit as we progress, but right now Syracuse has won seven of their last eight games. And I think we need to sort of reestablish what we look at this Syracuse team as, right? This is not 
the teams of, you know, the early 2010s, right, that you're going to expect 25 to 30 wins from. This is a team that is incredibly young, has a lot of young talent, I will say, but is still struggling to to figure out their identity, how good they are, how good they aren't. And, and I think we need to be aware of that and, and look at, you know, our, our expectations alongside what you can expect from the team that is in front of you, right? Nobody here in their right mind as a Syracuse fan thinks this is a team that is a top 25 team right now or a team that should be winning every single game they play. But I think they're is some realistic hope that can be walked into uh, every game with that Syracuse is able to be competitive when things go right. On the same note, they can be terrible and they've shown that they're terrible at certain moments. Uh, And for a handful of stretches in this basketball game tonight, you'd think that they were terrible uh, because of the way they looked, because of, you know, some shot selection, because of the some offensive rebounds that Louisville was able to get and the lead that they were able to run out with. But this is a team right now that is middle of the pack in terms of skill. It's towards the bottom in terms of, you know, Jim Bayheim teams of all time, right? It's not at the bottom, I don't think, but it's it's not at, you know, it's not the middle third. I don't think it's bottom third of, of Jim Bayheim basketball teams. And you have to approach the season with those, expectations at this point it could be frustrating to let go but I I think this is a team that everybody would be incredibly astonished and overjoyed to see make the NCAA tournament Uh, especially given you know how this season started losing four in the non-conference slate including a bad loss to Bryant uh, including an embarrassing loss to Illinois including another loss to St. John's that I think is you know, St. John's has had Syracuse's number for whatever reason over the last, you know, five or so years, maybe a little bit more than that. Uh, this is something that you also need to consider the fact that when you look at the ACC right now, the quality wins are not necessarily as bountiful as they are in years past, right? You've got, in looking at Ken Palm rankings here, so you got Virginia at 11, VT at 30, Miami at 37. UNC at 22, Duke at 14, right? Those are your your big games, your quality games uh, in terms of, you know, quad one, quad two wins, things of that nature, uh, mainly quad one in that list. Um, but when you're looking at those, right, there's, there aren't as many opportunities for Syracuse to to boost a resume with ACC wins. And that's a reality that I think come tournament time, if Syracuse strings some more wins together, you're going to have to be concerned about. Right now, I look at this team and I see a team that's won seven of their last eight, which is something that they haven't done since 2018, 2019. It's been four years since they have won seven of eight games in any stretch of basketball. Okay. And I understand that the wins in that stretch have not been outstanding, right? Wins against Notre Dame, Oakland, Georgetown, Monmouth, Cornell, BC, and Louisville. But they've won seven of their last eight. Uh, The one loss in that stretch is a hard-fought game to pit where they battled back from down 20 uh, to almost win and had a chance to win. And many could say that they probably should have won given the chances they had down the stretch. It's giving me hopeless optimism right now uh, in, in what I think of this team. And I do like to see that you know, even in the ugliest of games against a terrible opponent, 
they were able to battle today. And I'll, I'll get to this uh, after a quick break here, but th- the reason that they were able to battle in this game of basketball is because of Joe Girard. As much as that might anger the Joe Girard haters and they get Joe Girard out of Syracuse clan, this is the reality. And Joe Girard is the reason that they won this basketball game tonight. And I, I don't think I'm exaggerating that. Uh, in any singular thought or capacity in my brain, Joe Girard is the reason Syracuse basketball was victorious this evening. Uh, quick little note. We got to talk with our friends from Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup, we've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. This was a close one, right? Hard fought, tough, down to the wire. Uh, Syracuse escapes, right? It was, it wasn't pretty. They were down in the second half. They battled back. Uh, even, even the last eight seconds of this basketball game where Judah doesn't want to pass the ball to Jesse and then trips and falls. And then Louisville gets on a run the other way and doesn't get a shot off utter chaos. Uh, and I, I think that last play encapsulates the game as a whole. Uh, but when you look at this game, right, Syracuse struggled. Uh, and, and they let Louisville stay in this game. A lot of it due to offensive rebounds. Louisville almost had 20 offensive rebounds, I believe. Um, no, 15 offensive rebounds for Louisville. Way too many. The second chance opportunities uh, allowed Louisville to stay in this game. It, it really did. And it's something that, right, 19 second chance points for the Cardinals in this one, right? That's a difference of this being a 70 to 50 game. Uh, and, and the blowout in the margin that you would have hoped for. The second chance opportunities, especially on a team that struggles defensively, um, as Beheim said in the press conference after the game, right? You, you can't play good defense and then allow an offensive rebound and no longer be able to play good defense. That's, that's the recipe that, that's going to hurt Syracuse. Something to note, um, you know, maybe Louisville's had success against zone defenses. Maybe we revert back to that man-to-man defense that we were claiming to play uh, coming into this season that lasted about a week and a half. That uh, could have had some benefit in this game. But when we look at this, this is a game that was won by Joe Girard. And it was something that Beheim said after the game that, thank God, Joe Girard wanted to win. Because without Joe in this game of basketball, Syracuse is not competitive. And that has been the narrative this entire season. When Joe Girard plays good basketball, Syracuse wins basketball games. And people don't want to acknowledge that. And I am very, very happy today that as I scrolled through Twitter, as this game came to a close, and as this post-game comment started to flow out, Joe was getting credit for today's win and his performance in keeping them alive in this game. And he doesn't usually. I I mean, numbers-wise, right now, when we look at Joe Girard's stats, Syracuse, in games that he has scored 15 or more points right now, is 10-1. and 
in games he scored less than 15 or fewer than 15, they are 0-4. Okay, that is what Joe Girard can actively do for this team. And that's what he did tonight. 28 points, 7 for 18 from the field, shot 50% from three. This is the important one because you could say this is the difference. Shoots 10 of 11 from the charity stripe. Louisville as a team shot 40% from the foul line. That's why they lost this game. If Louisville shot any remotely competent percentage from the foul line, they win this basketball game handedly. Uh, but they were terrible from the line, really, really bad. Uh, and it's it allowed Syracuse to to win this one, really. Uh, but Joe Girard plays a really solid game. Let's also talk this as we go into the rebounding category. Use and rebounds. He finished with a double-double points, 11 rebounds, uh, four for eight from charity stripe. So that's something that you could uh, also circle in terms of this margin. But. The second leading rebounder on this basketball game, in this basketball game for Syracuse today, Joe Girard. It's not Chris Bell. It's not Benny Williams. It's not Judah Mintz. It's not Justin Taylor, right? Justin Taylor played 21 minutes, grabbed one board today. Chris Bell played 19 minutes, grabbed three boards today. Benny Williams played 28, grabbed three boards today. Joe Girard with seven rebounds today. And people are going to say, oh, but, you know, he turned the ball over five times. Okay, he did turn the ball over five times. Oh, he didn't get back on defense on a certain play. Or maybe there was another play. Okay. Joe Girard scored 28 points. 28 points in this game. on pretty close to 50% from the field and 50% from three. If Joe Girard didn't play in this basketball game, Syracuse loses by 10, without a doubt. Okay, Joe Girard's the reason they were competitive in here and the reason that they win this basketball game is his performance, which I I think I I love to tip my cap to this kid because I don't understand, right? I'm not there. I'm not at the stakes, right? I'm not a Division I basketball player who for the last three and a half seasons has been probably the single most verbally or Twitterly um, come after player on this team, right? Game in and game out. He puts up 20 points. He puts up zero points. He takes a beating on Twitter for shot selection, for defense, for why is Joe Girard on the court, for all of this. And he continues to come out and grind, continues to come out and battle, continues to come out and perform, right? He is by no means the greatest Syracuse basketball player. He is not top 10. He's not top whatever. But he's a guy that comes out here despite, I mean, what genuinely seems like hatred from a large portion of the fan base, gives it his all, battles, grinds, and puts Syracuse in a position to win. If you want to complain with regards to Joe Girard, you can complain that there isn't another guard option. You can complain that the recruiting has not provided somebody better than Joe Girard, who, when all is said and done, is a recruit who I believe per 24-7 was like number 200 in his class, okay? Not a guy that's supposed to be a three- or four-year starter. A guy that's supposed to play sparse role minutes, if that, as a top 200 recruit who comes in and is leading this team in scoring, is very, very likely going to be a top 10, if not a top five, scoring player in the ACC this season. 
and is leading Syracuse to wins. If you want to complain, complain about recruiting. Complain about the fact that there aren't other scoring guards. Complain about the fact that outside of Girard, this team does struggle from three in terms of consistency. Those are the complaints you can have. I'm done with the Joe Girard true complaints. I, I don't think it's the the nonstop, you know, hatred and coming after him and singling him out. I think it's time to put it aside, right? Sometimes he takes bad shots. Sometimes he's not the greatest defender. Yeah. He's a six foot kid that's not a good defender. And I don't think anyone's claiming he's a good defender. I don't think he would claim he's a great defender. But he goes out there, right? And he does the job and he puts Syracuse in winning positions. And that is what he did 28 points today, leading them to a, a very difficult win and a loss in this game, I think sets a fan base aflame. And the true paranoia and chaos and utter everything breaks free with a loss to Louisville in this game. I don't think there's anyone that's going to combat me or, or want to critique that idea. But right now, they escaped. It was ugly. But a win is a win. And this is a team right now that needs wins, right? They have a dream, a hope to be able to string together quality performances and be in an NCAA tournament conversation. Albeit, you know, it, it's not the most likely thing to happen. They're more likely, per Ken Palm, to finish at 17 and 14, which is not going to put them in the NCAA tournament, right? That is not going to get them there. Could it? No. But they could win more than 17 games and be pretty darn close. Uh, but I don't know. That's going to depend on ACC performance, things of that nature. What I see right now is a team that is very, very okay. And that, that was what we talked about A-Block, right? Our, our first chat uh, in this episode today was about how this team right now is just okay. And you're, you've got to look at it in that perspective, I think. And that's something that has taken me a little bit to get to and something that I've sort of changed into right now. But when we look at this team, it's, it's a team that is young, pretty inexperienced, and just okay. And this is a just okay team that is stringing together some wins. They're not always pretty. They're not always as dominant as you want them to be. But they are wins. And that's what we saw from Syracuse football, right? I mean, we're, we're in this, this rhythm of, right, that Purdue game was hideous. Syracuse played a terrible first half of football. But they won. They won, right? The BC game, three quarters of that game were atrocious, but they won, all right? They're, they're ugly wins, but wins are wins, right? A team right now that, that's struggling, that's not great, you, you can't be picky with wins. You can critique some things, 100%. You can't really be picky with wins at this point. A couple of quick thoughts, and then we'll take to Twitter uh, for your uh, thoughts on this game, questions, things of that nature. Uh, as we sort of break down the box score a little bit more um, of note, I just wanted to throw this out there. Kamari Lands played 31 minutes in this game, um, scored seven points, right? You know, you talk about him coming, decommitting, going to Louisville. Uh, wasn't really anything special. Three for 11 from the field, one for six from deep. Uh, so he probably wouldn't have fixed the three-point, you know, secondary scoring options for Syracuse. Uh, but I thought Chris Chris Bell played decent, uh, although he he seems to 
I think somebody might've tweeted it and I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have it right on the top of my head in terms of who it was. It seems like his hands are so sweaty. He can't grab the ball. Uh, and it just falls through his hands and falls through his fingers and slips out. Um, but I think he played a better game today. Eight points, uh, hit a huge three in the second half to sort of get things going when they were trailing by, I believe, seven at that point or to get it closer. No, he tied the game. They were down seven, uh, scored a few baskets, and he hit the three to tie it up at maybe 43. Um, hit a big shot, played a decent game, three rebounds, two assists. The big question today was was Benny Williams. And after a double-double over the weekend, he comes out flat, was 0 for 3 from the field, couldn't really get shots, ended up with three points, three rebounds, and an assist in 28 minutes on the court. And it's that that same recurring conversation. We had it uh, on yesterday's episode with Bones, right? You you look at the guys that, that are coming in to play these forward minutes, and Benny struggled today. Bell played a decent game. Justin Taylor in 21 minutes wasn't really getting shots. One for three from three, uh, had a rebound, had an assist, a couple of steals. He was helpful defensively, definitely. Uh, John Bull played one minute, did get a rebound and an assist in that time, which is impressive out of him. Uh, but the forward spot, right, Malik Brown played 11 minutes today, took one shot, has no stats other than that except for a turnover. Like the forward play, it's the same frustrations that we've we've gotten used to at this point. And it's you're looking for somebody to to get into that situation and be that next scoring option, right? Joe Girard, Judah Mintz, and Jesse Edwards have established themselves as the three guys that are going to score for Syracuse. Who's there at number four? Who can step up at number four? Uh, I, I think everyone here is is begging for it to be a consistent player, but it's not right now. Today, it was Chris Bell, technically. Uh, Saturday, it was Benny Williams, or New Year's Eve, it was Benny Williams. Um, I mean, against St. John's, Justin Taylor was the number one guy. Uh, so it's it's been here and there. Everyone's got these sort of flash-in-the-pan moments where they're playing really good basketball and having a really good game. But I, I think everyone is just looking for that consistency out of the forward spot, and it wasn't there yet again today. Uh, let's take to Twitter. Uh, live reaction. I haven't really read through these, so maybe I've seen it quickly, but I don't have a ton in terms of preparation for what y'all are asking. Um, Jamie Lee Jouette said, we were there. Awesome. Congrats. The Yum Center seems pretty awesome. I have not been there, um, but would love to get there for a game at some point. It was ugly. I'll take it. Next time I'll bring my inhaler. For something to bring the stress level down, I mean, that was cardiac cue stumps as, as it's ever been. Uh, John Wells, good poise down the stretch, physical, and it bothered our guys. Talking about Louisville there. Credit Joe and some, dare I say, good coaching and also luck. Yeah, this seemed like a luck one. And I also think, you know, Louisville was a very lucky team in this game. They had some shots fall that had no business making it into the hoop. Uh, and, and that is something that, you know, makes this from what ends up being a one-point Syracuse win to, you know, seven or eight-point win, right? You think the shot at the end of the half, a couple of layups where guys end up on the floor, but somehow, you know, the perfect English off the backboard, it rolls in. A couple of just weird shots for Louisville that, that end up at the bottom or coming through the net, and and they count the same as, you know, the prettiest of layups or the prettiest of dunks. But, yeah, definitely a little bit of luck involved for Syracuse to escape with a win. 
and uh, but for Louisville to be in that position as well. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Lifer 15 definition of ugly, but a win is a win. I want to be frustrated at this game, but 15 games in last year, we were seven and eight and one and three in the ACC with a somewhat down ACC. I'm happy with a 10 and five, three and one right now. Aside from that, uh, this is it, right? It was Q Slifer 15 who said it. Aside from that, Bell's head uh, must have swept butter. Uh, every rebound slips out of his hand. So yes, that's where that came from. But I think it's it's relative, right? Last year's team was was not great. And I don't love comparing to last year's team because that's such a low standard. But it is, I mean, in terms of record right now, it is a step up. I will say this, though, last year's losses at this point were a little more reputable. And you don't have the, you know, the staring at you of 180th ranked Bryant on your losses at this point. Um, but I, I think Syracuse, you know, having 10 wins at this point is a good sign and wins are wins, right? You got to string them together. You got to pull them out, uh, whether they look beautiful, whether they look hideous, uh, a win is a win. Uh, that's what orange blooded psychopath said as well. Ugly, but it was a road win in the ACC shout out to Joe roller coaster season for him, but stepped up and hit some big shots and free throws seven and eight or seven of eight going into massive challenge on Saturday. Yeah. Virginia on the docket Saturday, really, really important game. A lot of uh, questions, uh, as we said on yesterday's episode, to be answered in this one. Um, Saltine Warrior 4, tired of this team playing lousy. Change is needed. When you're talking change, all I'm going to say is it's got to be macro change, right? What, what changes for this active team are you really looking for? There are some small things, 100%. But in terms of of big changes, I don't know what the quick fix is for this team. I don't think there is a quick fix. So they're going to have to grind. They're going to have to do things like that in order to figure out ways to win or win basketball games here. Uh, What's another one? This is from Cole Fluker. We're going to play a terrible game like this today, but I guarantee we play a close game against Virginia this weekend. Going to be one of those games where we weren't expected to win but we should have won in a close game. Uh, I, I think that could be very accurate. Uh, one of the things that, you know, you look at Virginia is they don't typically, and especially, you know, in recent history, they're not playing the fastest game of basketball, right? Their adjusted tempo right now is nearly last in college basketball. They play a slow game and it's a really, really strong defensive game. And it's a really, really efficient game that they play and it works really well. And Tony Bennett does an outstanding job with it. And I think that style could help Syracuse naturally uh, be in a closer game with Virginia down the stretch in this one. Um, I look at this and as you mentioned, like it seems very much like, what was it? 2019, 2020 uh, where Syracuse, you know, comes in and beats Louisville. Um, on the road, in overtime, a game that I think Buddy went off in that game, if I remember correctly, like just a game that, you know, Syracuse wasn't supposed to win and they come in and and they surprise a lot of people. I think that is something that very, I don't know if I could say very feasibly could happen. I guess it's feasible. Yeah, I don't think it's likely, but it is feasible. uh, And I think that could very much be something that is a possibility. Uh, I don't know the likelihood of it. Um, there was one more question that I wanted to hit on 
before uh, we close this episode out. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, from Mike Vidala. Just posted this. Love to see you guys answer. SU has started 1-0 and has eight more games in January. Two versus UVA, two versus Virginia Tech, a game at Miami, a game at Georgia Tech, a game at home with UNC and Notre Dame. Currently 10-5. and What will the record be going into February? This is a tough month. Uh, it really is a tough month. And you look at uh, quick turnaround moments a little bit uh, in terms of where this goes. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's not an easy stretch by anybody's imagination, I don't think. Uh, and it, it's bookended the remaining ACC slate uh, or the remaining January slate is bookended by Virginia. I think if we're being realistic, which I like to try to be, you got to chalk those both up as losses. I will split the series with Virginia Tech. So right now that's one and three. Notre Dame, I'll say a win, two and three. Georgia Tech, I'll say a win, three and three. Now you've got a game against Miami and a game against North Carolina. You know, hopelessly optimistic, right? I'll, I'll stick with that. They can beat Miami, four and three, North Carolina, four and four. I think you should be very pleased with a four and four month of January. Uh, given this slate, given that stretch, because it's not easy. Uh, and if you can be four and four in that, you know, in this eight game stretch coming up and be 14 and nine with games against BC and Florida State, who outside of Louisville are the bottom feeders of the ACC right now, um, you know, that puts you in a position to be 16 and nine. And then you play an NC State game that in theory is a toss up. And at that point, you're, you know, okay. And you're overperforming a little bit. And that's something that realistically might not happen, but I, I think this is a team that either goes three and five or more realistically goes three and five in January. But I think four and four is something that you walk away from and you are 100% overjoyed in that stretch, given the opposing teams, given what this current team is. All right. A lot to still talk about tomorrow. we got a fun episode for you. Uh, I believe we've got a recruiting expert in terms of football coming on so that we can take a look at what is, as we've mentioned many times, the worst recruiting class in the ACC and the second worst recruiting class in Power 5 football. By no means what you want, but that is what it is. We're going to have some info, some new looks, maybe some new perspectives, right? Some guys flipping at the last minute, some transfer talk, I'm sure, as well. I mean, shout out Jihad Carter. It sucks to see him leave, but to go to Ohio State, I mean, geez, impressive. Good for him. Hopefully that means, you know, there's a guy through Syracuse that can make it to the NFL as well uh, in this DBU mantra that we talked about fading a little bit. But thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today. Now make Lockdown Sports Day your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Lockdown Sports Today podcast available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Owen Valentine. Thank you so much for listening. As always, go Orange.